Hey friends, this is Austin Suter reminding you to check out the United We Pray website where we continue to post new articles weekly from a variety of contributors. This week, Danya Albright shares a moving account of an incident of family separation which occurred because of a case of mistaken identity. We're also pleased to bring you a new resource, which we're calling Kits. We group uh, various resources on a given topic, package them all together. So we have Kits on the pandemic, on processing race-related tragedy, on critical race theory, and we have more of them coming. So visit uwepray.com, U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com to check it out. Thanks. Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear, and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter. I'm one of the co-hosts, joined by Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? Am I allowed to speak now? Yeah, no, no, that, that's great. That <laughs> intro is hard enough to do without somebody jumping on you. No, I want I, to the listeners that intro is hard to do. Austin makes it look easy, which means it's hard. But here we are. Yeah, man, doing well. Good, happy 2021. Good to be with you. I'm back on the mic in the new season. Excited. Now you have a new person living at your house that wasn't there last time we talked. I do, I do. Yeah, she was in her mother's stomach. Um, uh, yes, we had our third born on inauguration day. So uh, uh, the country got a new president and we got a new uh, family member who is not interested in her father sleeping or her mother for that matter. Uh, but her bro- little brother I, and her sister love her. They take turns holding her, quote unquote. Um, and uh, we are trying to make sure they all stay alive. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> but we're, lo- we're Well, I can't wait to meet her. The pictures you're posting are melting my face off with cuteness. So, well, and do you, did, you, guys did you like sleep. how I just like told the world our strategy on social media is basically just to melt them with cuteness of the pictures of our kids, and then they'll think whatever we want them to think about race, and we'll just continue to take yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our feeds are basically like racism is bad, and look at this baby. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let's let's we we do look at one other thing, and that's the Bible. So let me go ahead and take us there, and just open us in prayer, and then let's hop in uh, to what we'll be praying about today. Uh, Colossians three. I'm just going to start in verse twelve. Um, where Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace, this is the verse we're going to be focusing on for anyone following along, 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. And Austin, as I've been going through scripture recently, I've been struck by the connection between peace and thankfulness. Uh, so in, later in Philippians, Paul would say, do not be anxious for anything. Let your requests be made known with thanksgiving and the peace of Christ will rule in your hearts. Uh, so if you want to find a person uh, who has the peace of Christ, um, 
You will not find that person if they are ungrateful. And I think gratitude is actually really important uh, for the unity you and I pray for so regularly on this show. Uh, because you saw Paul there talking about harmony and one body and peace. And the question, I think, one question is, how do we get that peace? Uh, how do we maintain it? Well, gratitude is a huge part of that. And I think we'll see more of that. But uh, let me pray for us and let's dive in. Father, we thank you um, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, even this text that we are to forgive as you have forgiven us. Uh, Lord, we tremble thinking about how we are so bad at that. Christians should be the best forgivers. And yet, we are often the worst. Lord, please, please help us, uh, grant us time in this uh, podcast episode to praise you for what's going on in our churches. Uh, Lord, we know our churches have problems. They also have blessings, and those come from your hands. So we ask for mercy and help in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that, brother. Amen. Well, you kind of got at it there with a line towards the end of your prayer with what we want to be talking about this morning. But rather than talking about... uh, all the racial strife in the world um, or all the racial strife on the internet or even all the racial strife between Christians. We wanted to focus in the scope of this episode on the local church, yep. but we wanted to frame it not in terms of what's wrong, but we wanted to talk in this episode about what we can be grateful for. And I think the underlying assumption there is that there's, there's lots to critique and we can spend a lot of our time doing that. But you think instead, and I'm presuming you got this from reading the Bible, that it's a better idea or a good idea to be grateful. What What are you thinking there? Yeah, I mean, I want to be careful to not say there's no room for critique. We offer plenty of it. Um, but I think critique is the natural bent, especially critiquing others uh, of our hearts. Uh, and so I think the Bible says we aren't only to be critical, but we are to be also to be grateful. There's so much to be thankful for. Um, And so I think that's really important to remember, uh, especially as we start off even this new year. It's like, man, let me come with thankfulness before the throne. Uh, let Let me express thanks to God. If you look at Romans 1, Paul lists all these serious sins, and then he says, neither did they give thanks to God. So, you know, it might seem like a minor sin, ingratitude, complaining, grumbling. These might seem like minor sins. And if it seems like a minor sin, I would just encourage people to read the book of Numbers. People were kept out of the land and made to wander in the desert for 40 years because of their ingratitude and their grumbling. Moses, take us back. Why'd you take us, why'd you take us out of here? You know? And so I think it's really worthwhile for us to think about and give attention to. Yeah, I was hoping to get to numbers a little bit later, and I think we'll get back there. Um, But let's just make explicit something you implied, which is that Christians have a lot to be grateful for. And primarily what we're talking about there is the redemption that we have in Jesus. Yes. And we share that with each other as Christians. So now not only do we have reconciliation to God, we have it with each other. Yes, we are united in the thing we should be most thankful about. Yes, amen to that. Well said. So in light of that, we should be a grateful people, though there is a time to critique. Does that mean we get to be a grateful people 80% of the time and a critiquing angry people 20% of the time? What's What balance? What's the maximum 
or minimum amount of gratitude I have to have to be a Christian? <laughs> well, I think asking that question, brother, uh, is such an Austin Cedar question. I think asking that question is kind of like the dating couple who says like, hey, how far is too far before we're in sin? Uh, you know, are we allowed to hold hands? Are we allowed to kiss? Are we allowed, you know, it's just like, that's kind of not the posture I think we want. Uh, and nor is life that simple. So I don't think scripture prescribes, hey, you can give two criticisms a week uh, and nine prayers of thanks, right? Um, I just simply think throughout life, we are to be characterized by gratefulness, realizing we're in a fallen world. So, you know, we look at Acts 6, uh, and Austin, I haven't talked to you about this, but I think we should actually do a whole episode about this account in Acts 6 between the Hellenists uh, and the the Jews there and the food distribution and the problems there. Uh, and and the, Hel- the Hellenists, they make a complaint, and I don't think that was sinful or wrong for them to say, our widows are getting neglected in the food distribution. The apostles took that very seriously. Uh, so we want to be clear that complaining can be, in some sense, God-glorifying if done rightly. Um, but yeah, I do think the general tenor of the Christian is one to be is one of gratitude because our greatest problem has been resolved: our our sin against God, and we have this great hope coming that sins like racism will not be around for forever. It really does have an expiration date. So we ought to be grateful because of that. And that gratitude will actually empower us uh, to fight the racism we hate and maintain the unity so many of us say we want. But I'll let you get there. Well, I think you used a really interesting word towards the beginning of that answer, which is you talked about posture and how we ought to have a posture of gratitude. And that seems like a really helpful way to frame it because if gratitude is a posture, a heart attitude, something you're trying to reflect all the time, then it's not something you sort of move in and out of. But everything you do will be influenced by this general attitude of gratefulness to God. And so even a complaint will come from that kind of place. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's well said. So why do you think scripture is so insistent that Christians be grateful? (laughs) Because I think gratefulness, while while gratitude is wonderful business and serious business, as we've discussed, it's also unnatural business. Uh, I don't think scripture would command this if we were naturally like this. Um, But we are not in our fallen state. Uh, We, it is so easy to complain. I mean, look, I mean, like, brother, we could walk through a sea with two walls of water on the side, see our enemies drown, and not long after start complaining. I mean, it's just uh, we we have food on our tables. I bet I'm willing to bet most everyone listening to this has not is not worried about meals or the shirts on their backs. It's things that Jesus never promised to give us that we are worried about. But it's so easy to take the things that we need and take them for granted as if we deserve them. And pride and entitlement, yeah, we could just keep going. There's a litany of reasons. Uh, But uh, (laughs) to put it in short, we're real sinful, bro. I mean, we're just, we're a mess. And part of that mess is our ingratitude. And I appreciate you bringing up numbers. I was looking before this episode at Numbers 21 uh, and God's response to the people's complaining and criticizing. in Numbers 21, ingratitude and complaining was a capital offense. Mm, mm. What's going on there, Pastor? <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. I'm looking at this verse, Numbers 21, 5. For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, man, this is such a reflection of our hearts. Um, but I think what's going on there, again, not having looked on it, is uh, it gets back to that Romans 1 point. Ingratitude is not just, ingratitude is bad fruit, uh, easily of a bad tree. Uh, and so when when Paul says this in Romans 1, he's summing up the condition of those who think they are God and not the creation. Uh, and so, you know, what we see with Adam and Eve is a lack of gratitude for God's command, lack of gratitude for all that he had. I mean, think about it. He's like, any tree you want except this one. And so um, the reason it's it's capital offense. It's because it is so much more serious about what it proclaims about the giver of the gift. So it's not yeah, gratitude. That's where, yeah. It's not just like, oh, we loathe this worthless food, but we love you. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Your commentary on the gift is a commentary on the giver. Yeah. that Well said there. It's ingratitude is so serious because it lies about God. Yes. Well said. Yeah. yeah if yeah. we're just going to, so let's bring this back to conversations about race and conversations about our local church. My guess is if you're listening to this podcast and you're a member of a church or you regularly attend church, that church is imperfect. I'm like going to go out on a limb and say that there are things mm-hmm. that you wish were different about your church. You still need to be grateful, Christian, for the work the Lord is doing in your church. I still need to be grateful for the work the Lord is doing in my church. And there is much to celebrate. Mm. So how do we do that, Isaac? How do we make sure that we are being more grateful than we are critics? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I heard this from a sister once. Uh, she talked about Paul says, keep no record of wrongs. But Paul says nothing about keeping a record of rights. Uh, and what he means and what she meant was like list out the good things God is doing there. Is your church preaching the gospel? Does your church at least, is, is your church intending to be against racism? Like churches were not always that way in this land, and some still aren't. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, uh, man, just take some time to encourage some people in your church. You know, you've got someone speaking about race and ethnic issues. You can be like, hey, brother, sister, these are really hard things to talk about, and you've been leaning into them. Praise God for that. I, I, there was a sister uh, who I know who she um, she's moving away just for normal human like normal life reasons, no issue with the church. She loves the church. She she just said, I'm still working on fighting racism. And I think that is something to praise God for. And my goodness, how we should. And because when we don't praise God, we rob him of glory. Um, And, you know, whether we're talking about numbers and, you know, core, like the rebellion Moses regularly faced, you see that kind of disorder is so connected to gratitude. So, you know, Instead of complaining about everything, because, you know, those people are really fun to be around, uh, we can just be those people who are complimenting everything. We don't want to flatter. We don't want to lie. But my goodness, is there something you can praise God for? Then do that in prayer, through email, through text. There are endless ways. I think those are all great ideas. And isn't it interesting how what is most natural to us oftentimes, which is complaining, which is grumbling, uh, those things which are made easier by things like social media or news or whatever else, um, they're not what's fun to be around. That's not what endears you to people. That's not what you know builds up the body. And the harder work bears good fruit. When you're the kind of person who's grateful as a posture, who's encouraging, 
who's glorifying God, that's the person I want to be around. That's the person I want to be doing church with. Yeah. Oh, who said this? I think it was Bonhoeffer. He said this originally about pastors complaining about their churches. But the church already has an accuser before God and men. And I don't like being around that dude. I really don't like Satan's company. And when I'm come over here just given to complaining as if I don't present any problems in my church and my church isn't patiently dealing with me, I am, in effect, being that dude's company. And people can tell. And people don't. And I understand, man, I am just generally concerned about the popularity of just dogging the church. I understand it's a, she's a mess, but she's God's mess. We're talking about someone's wife. You come talk about my wife and her issues, you and me are going to have problems yeah. real quick. So anyway, sorry, I'm getting all. But uh, I think it was Dan Darling who said this recently. Sometimes the most countercultural thing you can do is say something positive about the church. It's like, my goodness, this is a place where you came and were saved. It's like, now you know everything and you turn around and you're like, it's like those kids who go off to college, right? We don't want to be like that. And I think one thing we can just close this time with is just remembering that that's not how God treats us. Yeah, that's well said, bro. Like, my goodness, am am I a work in progress? And there is so much. Yeah, I mean, Austin, I can testify. You are a huge work in progress. Yeah, there he is doing the accuser's work for him. (laughs) You're right. Please keep edifying our listeners. God is so gracious with us. Let's not be like the ungrateful servant and turn around and just have bad things to say about God's people and God's provision and how fast he's working. Let's be those who encourage. Let's be those who encourage leadership. Uh, Man, what an encouraging thing right now would be to reach out to church leadership who may have never experienced a period of such intense, sustained criticism. Uh, I don't want to do too much of a tangent on that, but man, pastors are in it right now. Love your pastor. Email him, you know, tell him you think he's doing a great job. That's, yeah, that's not the point of this episode, but no, that's br- great. Br- but brother, I think, this is a, I think this is a worthwhile tangent. I mean, I know you're, you're, you do good at keeping us on time, um, but let me just say this. I do think 2020 uh, was one of the hardest years for a lot of pastors' ministries between George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and then let's add a global pandemic on top of it. Oh, okay. Let's also add, you know, one of the most divisive election seasons in our lifetimes. Um, my goodness, how, how hard pastors have had it. So got that they signed up for the job, got that they're servants, but man, it's been rough. So maybe if you just sent your pastor a note saying, Hey, I'm really encouraged by you. I mean, man, I got a note recently, uh, a surprising note just from someone who was like, I don't know what they think about me. And Austin, I was kind of confessing to you. I'm kind of prone to think people think worse of me than they actually do. She was just expressing gratitude. For my, that was it. No, no critiques, no questions or complaints. And again, I think we should do Act 6 to look at how we can complain well and how the church can respond. Um, but man, that's important. And I have one last thing, Austin, I, that I well, want to say. Well, let me follow break. up on that I'll make just real quick. Yeah. So you're saying it's a good idea to just encourage your church leadership, your pastors, your friends in the church, do you have to agree with them on everything in order to do that? No. And your encouragement is more powerful when they know you don't agree with everything. So Austin, you send me a kind note. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you're like the other half of my brain, but no, I'm always thankful for it. But man, when I get a note from that brother who I know vehemently disagrees with me on some things, but man, he's loving on me. 
it makes it makes our disagreement so much easier to endure because I know this brother actually loves me. He actually sees he actually doesn't think, you know, I'm spawn of Satan. He actually thinks I'm a Christian. He actually thinks God is doing some pretty good stuff through me. You know, he might be like, hey, I would say, you know, Y instead of Z. But Isaac, at the end of the day, I love you and I'm for you. And I've learned from you. I grow, I benefit from you. And man, those kind of encouragements are dangerously powerful and Satan doesn't like them. Um, and that and that leads me to my last point um, because there is again the thesis I want you if I'm putting this in a happy meal for you what I want you to get dear listener is that there is a connection between gratitude and church unity. So Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This peace is not trying to be roommates with the malice and the anger and the envy and the selfish ambition and the pride in your heart. It wants to evict those things. And what is at the heart of disunity but malice and envy and strife and all these things in our hearts? Paul says, no, evict that stuff and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So then the question is, how do we get that peace? Gratitude. And primarily gratitude for that most fundamental thing, Austin, you were talking about. Jesus at the cross bearing all our sin. Amen. Well, I can't think of a better place to close. So let's close out there. Why don't I open us in prayer and you can finish? How's that sound? Amen. This sounds great, bro. Father, thank you first for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the redemption we have in him. Thank you for the family of God that we have been brought into. And Lord, make us outwardly grateful in ways that stand out for all that you have done and are doing. Lord, keep us from criticism. Keep us from envy, strive, jealousy, whatever it is, Lord, that is keeping us from this gratitude. Lord, make us more like Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Father, uh, your word is clear. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone, for you are at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can let our requests be made known to you. And so, Father, we pray that we would be more grateful. This is our request. We pray we would be more grateful in 2021 than we were in 2020. We pray we would be more grateful than we are ungrateful in this year. We do not want to be like those Israelites who talked about the worthless food. When you have given us the bread of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, God cause us to be, to well up with gratitude that spills over and can't help but thank people sincerely, humbly, honestly. Uh, Father, we we don't want to flatter. We do want to build up our churches. Uh, Lord, we want uh, to complain and critique well, but to not be given to those things. And we're, we just need your help for that. Left to ourselves, we can criticize all day long. We don't, but we need you to do something supernatural in this supernatural community of your church. So we ask for help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, brother. Always enjoy these conversations. Hey, man, this is fun. I love starting the note this the year this way. So thanks for it, man. Yeah, this was a good idea you had. I'm grateful you said that. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Grace and peace. <laughs> Grace and peace. I have a weakness. Oh, 
in prayer.